put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith. Say through faith. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in scriptures, cursed is everyone who hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing. Say the same blessing. He promised Abraham, there it, there it is again, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So in here, in this portion of scripture, Paul is telling us what makes us right with God. What makes us right with God? It is our faith. What makes us right with God? It is our faith in Jesus. Our faith in Jesus actually causes us to be righteous or in right standing with God. It is our faith. I love that this portion of scripture says that if we believe in Jesus, that if we believe that he died for our sins, then we must also believe that we can receive through him the blessing of Abraham. I don't know about you, but that excites me. And if you don't know what the blessing of Abraham is today, I want to share it with you because what Jesus did on the cross gives you access to the blessing of Abraham. And so we're going to look at that today. Before we do, I want to look at Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now, this is when God called Abraham and he told him what the promise was. And then we're going to begin to speak of the process of faith, how Abraham encountered God and the process God brought him through with faith. And when you are faith, you, when you have faith, you become faithful and your faithfulness will bring fruitfulness. How many of you want fruitfulness? And the process of faith will bring you into fruitfulness. Now let's look at the blessing that God spoke over Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Listen, this is the blessing for you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. How many of you want to be blessed today? I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. In other words, nobody really wants to mess with you because God is with you. And you shall be a blessing, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I want to I just break this down really quick. Some of the treasures we have in this scripture, this is the blessing of Abraham that comes over your life when you believe in what Jesus did on the cross. Number one, it says that God is making you great. God is making you great. How many of you know that God is not a mediocre God and he doesn't make mediocre things, but he makes great things? Look at your neighbor and say, you are great. Part of the blessing of Abraham says that God is making you great. Not only that, he says, I will bless you. Not only bless you internally, but God's going to bless you externally because God is a, a, 
abundant God, and you will be a blessing. How many of you know that we are blessed to be a blessing? So God said, not only will you be blessed, but you are blessed to be a blessing. Then he goes on to say that I'm going to have favor on you. He says, I'm going to have favor on you, and I'm going to protect you. Nobody's going to want to curse you because I curse those who curse you. He protects you. He gives you favor. And then he says, the world is going to be impacted by you. Do you believe that? That's the blessing of Abraham in our life. And we see in Abraham's life, we see the process of faith. Faith is a process. How many of you know that good things come through processes? Good things come through time. The older you get, the more you really appreciate time, right? When you're younger, you're like, man, I just, I'll take a microwave dinner. But when you get older and you recognize a slow cooked meal, how many of you would much rather a slow cooked meal? And are something, you know, it's, it's one thing if you throw it on a gas grill, uh, some chicken or something, but it's another thing when you smoke that thing for like three or four hours, it gets flavor in there. And faith is like that. Faith takes time. And at the end of it, you're going to see the fruit of it. And we're going to look at the life of Abraham. And I'm going to give you three processes of faith. And the truth is, this process never changes. This process continues. And so this is the first thing. The first thing is this. The Bible says that God told Abraham, get out of your country. Get out. Write that one down. Number one, get out. Look at your neighbor and say, get out. Get out. But stay in here. <laughs> get out. The number one thing that the, pro the process of faith is, we have to get out of the familiar. We have to get out the land of logic and enter into the land of faith. This is what God told Abraham. You got to get out. You got to get out. Faith starts when you know I got to get out. I got to get out where I am from where I am and go to where God is coming, where God wants me to go. I want to encourage you that God wants you to get out the land of condemnation. God wants you to get out the land of fear and worry and doubt. God wants you to get out the land of shame. How many of you know that God's kingdom has no shame in it? God's kingdom has no condemnation. Romans 8 says, therefore, there is no condemnation through Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condem condemnation from your past, you need to know this, that what Jesus did on the cross, he paid the price for your past. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. I want to encourage you today that God, if you believe on what he did on the cross, you will begin to believe that you can get out of your current circumstance. Now, this is something that we say here at Church 54, and it goes like this. My past is over. His grace is greater. My future is brighter. Can we say that together? My past is over. His grace is greater. My future is brighter. One more time. My past is over. His grace is greater. My future is brighter. Listen, the Bible says in Psalms 103 that your sins are as far as the east is to the west. Quit trying to dig up your sins when God's already thrown them away. My past is over. Number two, his grace is greater. The Bible says in Romans 5 that his grace is greater than that, uh, that sin or that limitation in your life. How many of you believe that his grace is greater? And your future is brighter. Jeremiah 29 says that he has good plans for you. He has good plans of hope 
and, and well-being for you. How many of you know that your future is brighter? Everything that you have gone through is for a purpose. There is no pain without purpose in God's kingdom. Your past is over. Your, his grace is greater. Your future is brighter. Come on, give God a hand if you believe that today. I didn't say it. God said it. God said it. My past is over. My past is over. Get out. Get out. You know, the enemy would love for you to stay in bondage. The enemy would love for you to stay condemned, to stay stressed, to stay overwhelmed. But how many of you know that Jesus paid the price for that? You know, I think about, we all know the celebration of June 19th when General Gordon, he began to fight for the Union and he delivered an important message that the war was finally over, the Union has won, and now they had the manpower to enforce the end of slavery. We all know that slavery or racism is a grotesque sin. I don't think that there is anything worse than devaluing someone that is in God's image. And I believe that just like that day, can you imagine that day after years of in bondage that there was a proclamation that was made that there was freedom? How many of you know that we're still having to fight injustice? Where it is still a fight, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to do that through the church. How many of you know that the kingdom of God is here to eradicate darkness? And if the church can't do it, then who can do it? And I believe that's one of the primary reasons that we're here in this city is to break a spirit of racism. It's evil. It is, it is gross. And I believe today, you know, there was a time that we spoke about this on a Sunday and I had a, a lady come up to me and said, you know, I just don't think we need to talk about that in church. And I thought to myself, well, this is the wrong church for you. Because God's kingdom, he hates that spirit, that spirit of racism spirit of haughtiness and thinking somebody's better. It's, it is a spirit. Can you imagine that day, years of slavery, and all of a sudden, it was a declaration that there was freedom? Gosh, years of tears, years of people fought and bled, and then there was a declaration that there's freedom. But this is what happened. Not everybody knew there was free. They were free. Can you imagine that? Continuing being in slavery when there was actually a proclamation that you were free? And just like the enemy and just like back in the day, they didn't want the news to get out that they actually had freedom, so they kept them in bondage. But I'm here to tell you, it's the same in the kingdom of God. The enemy wants to keep you in bondage, but I'm here to tell you there was a war that was fought, and Jesus shed his blood, and it is finished. God wants you to be free. Man. What, would it, what was it like when they heard that people were keeping people in slavery and then the government had to go in and give papers and say the whole government is backing us up, you got to let them go? What is that like today? How many of you know that we have an authority today to say what Jesus did on the cross for you? You do not have to stay in this bondage, in this land of fear and death. You can go into the land of the promise. You are free because it is finished and all of heaven is backing you up in that situation. 
I'm here to tell you today, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he can take your fear and he can turn it into faithfulness. Get out of the land of fear and get into the land of faithfulness. Get out of the land of insecurity and get into the land of security and favor. Get out of the land of hurting and get into the land of healing. I'm here to tell you today that you're accepted, you're acquitted, you're adopted. Get out of the land of lack and go into the land of prosperity. Get out of the land where you are full of hatred and hurt and get into the land of restoration. Get out of the land of apathy and get into the land of motivation because that is where God's spirit lies. I'm here to tell you today, start the process of faith and get out of that land. Get out of that land. So the number one thing is you have to get determined. God's speaking to you today. Get out. Get out of that shame. Get out of that heaviness. Get out of that thing that keeps you stuck. And then God speaks to Abraham again, and God starts to bless him. He actually leaves the land, but he forgets. He actually has his nephew with him, Lot, and God said, I wanted you to leave everybody in that land. How many of you know that those generational curses are not for you? Those things that you have been dealing with, with generations, you are the one that's getting out. You are the one that's coming into faith and saying, I'm getting out and I'm moving forward. That generational curse is broken. The Bible says that he died. He was cursed so that you can have a blessing. The more that we see it, the more that we believe it, the more that we'll, we'll attain it. And I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to get out of the mundane and what always has been and get into the blessing that he has for your life. But Abraham, you know, is operating in faith, but he keeps Lot around. Lot was a lot. Lot caused a lot of trouble. And you can have a lot in your life that maybe you stepped into faith, but there is a lot in your life. And the Bible says that they had to separate from Lot to be able to really enter into what Abraham has to do. And I'm here to tell you today, there might be some things that you feel comfortable with that God wants you to be separated from. What is that today that God wants you to be separated from? I'm here to tell you, you can get out. Abraham, he separates from Lot, and God has blessed him. He's sitting at the edge of his tent, and he's seeing all these blessings. And the thing that I love about Abraham is the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God. Did you know that God can be your friend? We're able to be as close to God as we want to be. And he's sitting on the edge, and he's seeing all these blessings, and he says something to God that I honestly think I would be nervous to tell God. He said, God, thank you for all these blessings, but you haven't given me an heir. There's nobody that I have to give this to. And this is what God tells Abraham in Genesis 15, 5 through 6. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars. Say that with me. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Number three, not only do you need to get out, but you need to look up. You got to get out, but you need to look up. See that tent. The Bible actually says that a tent, like our body is like a tent. We're, the Bible, uh, you know, it, it kind of gives a, gives a correlation that this flesh is like a tent. And he, Abraham's in his tent, and he's like, I'm getting old. The time is running out for me to have children. 
right? And God, thank you for the blessing, but I don't have anybody to give it to. And God says, I don't want you to operate in a realm of logic. I want you to operate in a realm of faith. Get out of that tent. Get out of that limitation. Get out of that logic. And take, I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to cause you to begin to visualize and imagine the blessing on your life, and your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Can you imagine Abraham picturing his descendants? God said, count them if you can. So he starts to imagine and picture. Listen, God wants you to begin to use your spirit to begin to imagine God's promises in our life. It might not seem logical. It might seem like a limitation. But how many of you know that God not only wants to get you out, but he wants you to begin to look up? I'm going to read this to you. It's Ephesians 3.20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power consistently energizes you. Wow. See, a lot of times we know that God will, can do something, but we wonder if he's going to do it for us. Some of us believe that God can do something, and maybe there's been dreams in your life that has been smashed, and you have gone back to the tent where there's a limitation in your life, and you're not dreaming anymore, but I'm here to tell you that God paid the price for you to be able to dream and have faith. See, right after this, right after this, Abraham asked another question. He said, God, this seems really nice, but how do I know that this is going to actually happen? Ever been there before? The, the promise seems good, but how do I have confidence that this is actually going to happen? And God did something significant. He took, uh, he said, go get a sacrifice. They split the sacrifice in half, and he put Abram to sleep, and he began to do what they did back in the day. God himself was a torch and began to make covenant with Abraham, with Abraham out of it. You know the only thing that Abraham had to do? He had to shoo the birds away from the carcass. I'm here to tell you this today. The enemy would love to distract you from the sacrifice that Jesus made because it is that sacrifice that it is a promise that he will give you your dreams. It is written. It is finished. It is like signed with his blood, the same that God promised Abraham through a covenant. God is promising you today, and what he would like you to do is to think that it's in your own power, it is in your own strength, and you have to live in your own limitations. And God is saying, listen, I want you to begin to dream and know that it is my sacrifice that I did on the cross that is a signature that gives you a right to enter into the things that you're believing for. What are you dreaming about today? What are you visualizing today? There's one thing to read the promise of God. There's another thing to read the promise of God and imagine it in your life. When is the last time you've read the promises of God in your life and begin to imagine them in your life? The Bible says that the language of the Holy Spirit are dreams and visions. Read Joel 2, that your young men, your young men, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have vision. Why? Because God wants us to begin to dream in your life. And in this area, in, in specific, this area, there is, a, there is a thing that would cause you to be suffocated and not dream anymore. 
We've been hit with storms. We've been hit with things over and over and over. And you might have been hit by the enemy and it has squeezed the life of dreaming out of you. It's like a python. A python knows if I can get up in a tree and I can drop on my prey, I will wrap him up and then every breath that this prey tries to take, <gasps> it gets tighter. <gasps> it gets tighter until there's no breath. And scientists are those that have studied this have said the only way that that prey can get away is he begins to look up and he begins to shake it off. He goes crazy. And I'm here to tell you today, if you want to shake it off, it's not just being mediocre. You got to get out and you got to begin to look up. You got to get out, begin to look up and shake the enemy off and begin to dream the dream of God for your life. God has a dream. He said in Ephesians 1 that he predestined you for good works. What are those works? You'll begin to find out when you begin to get in the presence of God and read his word. That's what faith is. Faith is not just reciting scripture. Faith is reading his word, believing that it's for your life, imagining it and beginning to walk into it. How many of you are ready to walk into it? So God told Abraham, I want you to get out. I want you to look up. How many of you know we need to shoo away the birds? We got to shoo away the birds. Listen, I know what it's like to get in the mud, to get in the murk. But there is something I believe that God is calling some of you. It's that voice that's saying, this is, not all for, this is not all I have for you. Your best days are not behind you. I've got great and precious promises for you. Begin to get out and begin to look up. Genesis 17.5, time goes on. God has given him a promise. God has gotten him out, of, out the land, given him a promise, and God visits Abraham again. And this is the last major visit that gives Abraham the confidence to really in, enter into the blessing for his life. Genesis 17, 5 through 6. Let's read it. And then we're going to go to 15 and 16. What more, I am changing your name. This is God speaking to Abraham. What's more, I am changing your name. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. Now, Abram has a good connotation. It means a leader. But Abraham is a father of multitudes. The same blessing, the same promise that God gave Abram, he began to say, I want you to change your name. I want you to change it from Abram, just a good leader, to father of multitudes. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. Then God said to Abraham, Re regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai, from now on, she will be Sarah, which means mother of multitudes. And I will bless her and I will give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. I'm here to tell you today, listen, I love right after this, God said, in one year, you're going to have a child. Sarah actually laughed. She was like, how is that going to happen? My boy is old right? My man is old. He's shriveled up, right? He, she even says this. She laughed and said, how can I experience such pleasure? That's what she said. It's in the Bible. Read it for yourself. How can I experience some pleasure? They didn't, they didn't have Viagra back in the day. I'm just saying <laughs> Abraham had to operate in faith. Do you know what I mean? 
He's like, I'm 100 years old, but God, if you said it, let's get it on. You know what I mean? That's what Abraham, he said, all right. And God said, listen, you're getting it. You've gotten out. You've looked up, but I need you to do something now. I need you to break through. I need you to break through on how you see yourself to the place that you come into a breakthrough and now you see yourself the way that I see you. So much so. How embarrassing at first for Abraham or Abram that had no kids to tell everybody, uh, don't call me Abram anymore, I'm Abraham, which is father of multitudes when he has no children. Walking all day long. What's your name, Abraham? Father of multitudes. How many children you have? None, but they're coming. You're 100 years old, bro. What's your name? Abraham, father of multitudes. Can you imagine now you're around town, you've told everybody, my name's not Abram, don't call me Abram, don't call her Sarah, call her Sarah because we're going to be, we are going to be a nation of multitudes. That's what it's like in faith that you call those things that are not as though they are. I can tell your faith by what you're saying. And you got to begin to see yourself as someone that has the blessing of Abraham. You don't have lack. You have an overflow. I don't care what you're seeing in this realm. you got to begin to declare what you see in that realm. And when you begin to declare what you see in that realm and God's promises, he will begin to give you the faith to enter into the promise. This time one year, you're going to have a, co- uh, a son. This time one year... You will have a son. Let me ask you, with your faith right now of getting out and looking up and breaking through, your faith right now, what will happen in one year? What you're believing right now, I believe, is going to change the trajectory of your life. Not just some good five-step goal system that you conjure up on your own, but you get in the Word of God. You talk to God like Abraham talked to God, and he begins to impart faith in you, and you start stepping out doing what you thought you could not do. In one year, one year, Abraham had a son. Let me ask you, what are you believing for in your life? I believe today, if you make a decision, man, I'm getting out. Yeah, I might have been dealing with this for a long time, maybe my whole life, maybe it's in my family lineage, but I'm getting out. And not only that, I'm going to begin to look up. I'm not going to begin to just say my circumstances. You know, it's funny. I have talked to uh, people that are in their early 20s, and they say, man, I'm getting old. And they actually look old. (laughs) They look old because they think they're old. And then I'll talk to somebody that's in their 60s, and they're like, I feel young. I feel great. They're dressing young, and they actually have energy. Because your words have power in your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't feel it, it doesn't mean that you have to say it. Even if you don't feel it, begin to give a good report, and God will begin to create faith in your life that when the time is ready for you to step in the blessing, you are ready and you have confidence. God has given you confidence for the blessing. It's a process, and it never ends, but he's causing you to see those things that are not as though they are. How do you see your family? How do you see your marriage? How do you see your bank account? How do you see your business? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life when I begin to know what he has done and begin to declare his word, I'm coming into the blessing. I don't know about you, but I'm making a decision. I'm getting out. I'm beginning to look up, and I'm going to begin to have the breakthrough and see God do the impossible so that he can get the glory. If you believe that today, give God a hand today. Come on, give God a shout if you believe that today. Mothers, fathers, don't look at your children and say, 
say negative things about them, begin to speak life. Begin to speak life. They're a success. They're strong. They're going to do great exploits. Begin to speak life. Begin to speak life over your spouse. They might be aggravating and have bad breath. Begin to say you have the best breath ever. Here's a Tic Tac. <laughs> Begin to speak life. I believe even in your workplace, your workplace is not just to make money. It's you're bringing the blessing there. The blessing of Abraham says whatever you touch will be blessed. Some of you are walking around in insecurity, says that everything that I touch goes downward. That is not who you are. I'm here to declare today, what if you were to change your name to one that was once defeated, but now your name is victory. Now your name is conquest. Now your name is abundance. Now your name is a child of God. Now your name is more than enough. Now your name is favored. Now your name, you begin to speak differently, and when you walk into the room, it starts to change because you come with an energy that the world does not understand. You come with the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives in you. Listen, that sin that keeps creeping in your life, I don't care how many times you fall you say I'm the righteousness of Christ I get knocked down seven and I get back up seven I'm the righteousness of Christ you can try to push me down but greater is he that is in me than he is in the world I'm gonna come back up I'm gonna come back up further than you tried to push me down yeah I might have gone through some stuff but my past is over his grace is greater and my future is brighter I'm accepted and I'm acquitted and I'm adopted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Watch my life a year from now and see how God will get the glory for what he has done because you believed it, you broke out, you looked up, and you're going to have a breakthrough because you're tired of being in the mundane. If that's you today, give God a hand if you believe it. There's a story, there's a great leader, his name is Zig Ziglar. He was going to speak at a conference and he was getting on a subway. He saw a homeless man that was not just asking for money, but selling pencils. He was selling pencils, and he looked at the homeless man, passed him by, gave him a dollar, which many people do. Nobody's wanting a pencil. But Zig Ziglar put a dollar in the box and said, I want my pencil. He gave him a pencil, and he said, now you're a businessman. That word meant so much to that man, a year later, met Zig Ziglar at a conference in a nice suit, very affluent, and that homeless man goes up to Zig Ziglar and said, I saw myself as a beggar, but you gave me a word that I'm a businessman, and that one word changed my whole life. I'm here to tell you today, you need one word from God to change your whole life. You need one word from God, and you're going to begin to step into what God called you to step into, the blessing of Abraham. You're going to bless the nations. Those that curse you will be cursed. Those that bless you will be blessed. And those that bless you are going to begin to want to bless you even more more because they see the blessing on their life in this time next year I believe you're gonna see the blessing of Abraham in your life do you believe it today yeah come on if you believe that just stand up right where you are I want to pray for you you might be here today and you say you know that sounds good 
but I don't even have a relationship with God. I don't even know what it means to go to God. I'm here to tell you it doesn't take um, some elaborate education. It doesn't take you going to seminary to understand everything. You just know what Jesus has done that gives you the right to go to God as his son or daughter. That's it. And today, if you're here, Trey, why don't you come and play, man? If you're here and you say, you know what? I want to enter into that type of relationship. You don't have to work to get there. You just receive. Just receive. The Bible says that it is, it is what Jesus did on the cross. And if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, see, this is a process of faith. I'm believing in my heart. I'm confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I might not see it in my life right now, but there's something in me. There's a faith. It's a knower in there that if I believe in him and confess him, and listen, this confession never stops. You start today by saying I'm a child of God. I am saved by grace, and God will continue to cause you to begin to speak life over your life. The process never stops. Today, if you say, I want a relationship with Jesus, we have a team praying for you. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you can say this with me today, let's say it all together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I ask you into my life. I turn away from my own way and I pick up your way. Today I believe that you cover my sin, that you wash my sin. And now I have a nature of your child. From this day forward, I call you my Savior and my Lord. With everybody's eyes closed, the Bible says that that prayer, your sins go as far as the east to the west, that they're no more. The Bible also says that you come into a new life. All the old things are passed away and all things become new. With nobody looking around today, if you said that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you, but can you just slip up your hand with nobody looking around? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put it back down. Lord, I thank you for everybody that lifted their hand. You said that one person that turns to you that all the heavens rejoice. We want to rejoice with you today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Church 54, on the count of three, can we rejoice with heaven with those that lifted their hands? One, two, three. Come on, give God a shout. We rejoice with you, Lord. We honor you. Look, I believe just like there was an announcement the emancipation of proclamation, I believe there's an announcement. God is putting us an announcement. And I believe that we need to announce that, man, God is moving and God wants to touch your life. You know, at the end of the month, we're going to have a celebration, a Sunday celebration where people are getting baptized. I want to encourage you to take that step. It's literally saying that the old is gone and the new has begun.
in your life. We're going to have baby dedications, but I want to encourage you to invite your friends to make an announcement. There is freedom for your life. It doesn't have to be a church goer. It doesn't have to be somebody that's in church. Bring them and say, let's have some good food and let's celebrate. And I'm here believing with you today that God is going to begin to touch their life. Do you believe that? Now, I want to say a prayer over you today that today God's going to give you the grace to break out, to get out, to look up, and to break through. If you want to receive that today, just lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you that today, because of what you've done on the cross, Lord, that you're allowing us to get out of the old. You're allowing us to get out of the land of familiar, and you're causing us to get into your blessings and your promises. Today we say we get out. Can you say that after me? Say, today I make the decision to get out, to look up, and to break through. Lord, I thank you that you're stirring up faith this week that you're going to begin to speak to your people, that they're going to begin to imagine their future full of hope, full of goodness, Lord, they're going to begin to dream your dream. And I thank you, Lord, that they're coming into a breakthrough, that you're giving them a confidence of who they are in you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it today, give God a hand. Come on, give God a shout. We thank you, Lord.